Those are rough. Yeah, I can only imagine. Speaking of rough, this intro, we're talking about Grant Morrison today. <laughs> oh, boy. Speaking of kind of tying it into comic some type books. of comic book. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So so the the, the boys uh, wanted me. I'm Brian. I, I wanted. Yeah, it's Brian over here. I'm Brendan. That's Brendan over there. Hi. And I'm Vargas over here. Nice. I'll be your MC today. Your master of comic books. Uh, ah, nice. I got him. Um, yeah, they they wanted me to pick a topic. Of course, I picked comic books. Um, <laughs> I mean, come on, right? Uh, so I want to talk about somebody who is uh, a people people don't know him probably by name, right? Uh, but he has been one of the most influential people in pop culture. I mean, I'm not going to say he's on the level of like a right. Mark Hamill. From what but, I I know him is like his Batman runs have been yep f- some of the best comic book writing ever you mm-hmm, know what I mean so mm-hmm. that's that's I mean I know him uh, at, as that way yes um, but as we dive into this very deep subject apparently yeah of Mr Grant Morrison apparently there's more to the man than just writing great comic books correct he's far more than just a comic book writer interesting um, so not only he he has he is a comic book writer that is what he is known for. Uh, but he is also a playwright, a writer oh. of fiction and nonfiction. Um, his book, Super Gods, is something that I pulled from for this particular huh. episode. And it kind of talks about how uh, superheroes are uh, an analogy for like what we want to strive to be as people. Super interesting, super deep. Sure. Uh, whatever. Are you familiar with Grant Morrison, Brian? Is this the guy <laughs> at... Uh... Champ on it. Champ it. No, I'm not. Champ you it. don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so I figured I figured I Brendan Champ. I couldn't champ at anything. Yeah, this is exactly what I figured. I was champing at air. <laughs> this is a Brian would have no idea what I'm talking about, and Brendan would say either Batman or All Star. I was gonna Superman. say, I was gonna say All Star Superman, one of my favorite comic books ever. Yeah. Oh, yeah. well, if you would have led with that, I would have known. Oh, the, oh. The bat, his run on Batman wasn't enough. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he only wrote the character for ten years yeah. across like <laughs> seven titles or something. Yeah, you guys know I only read Batwoman. <laughs> I don't think he ever wrote Batwoman. That's why I don't know him. Damn it. The Greg Rucker run, though. Woo! Well, Let me tell you. Goddamn, you know? And the J, you know, J.H. Williams art. Woo! All right, anyway. Uh, so, again, <laughs> we're going to talk about Grant Morrison. You guys aren't comic book people, but try to stick with me on this. We because you, we're talking about a, a dude. A man. Less, less about the comic books and more about the dude. So, I want to start out just to give you guys kind of a flavor for how talented he is. Um, I want to dive into a little bit of the history, his history, how he got started, right. and, and kind of go from there. So I don't want to spend too long on how influential he is because anyone who's in comic books knows who Grant Morrison yeah. is. Anyway, um, so what I want you guys to do, we're going to start with a little exercise here. Think about tired, somebody. So think about somebody <laughs> that you would say is at the top of their game. Patrick Mahomes. Perfect. Uh, so now imagine Mahomes. I wrote this in here because I fucking that's exactly what I knew both of you were gonna say. You pandered. Well, he knows his audience. All yeah. I said yeah. was, it's like, he, it's like think he knows of someone us. who's at the top of their game. It's like he knows us. So <laughs> imagine Patrick Mahomes, of course, is at the ESPYS or something. Yeah, of course, as a keynote speaker. Yep. They give him 45 minutes to an hour to talk. 
What he does is gets up and drunkenly talks for 45 minutes about how the 2019 season was actually a sigil created by him because he's a practicing wizard who commun- and he's trying to communicate the ideas that were passed to him by extra-dimensional race of aliens that abducted him years ago and showed him how humans can ascend beyond our mortal form to become gods. Well, I'd go to the bathroom and throw up all the acid I just dropped. I was going to say, I'd probably leave. Um, what? Okay, so... <laughs> what? So Mr. Grant Morrison... Grant Morrison did that. At the ESPYs. <laughs> at, at DisinfoCon when he was a keynote speaker. DisinfoCon? DisinfoCon. We're, can we get tickets? What is that? Yeah, why well, do we just host But so panel? he got up and gave like a, an hour-long speech. An hour-long speech about, about... sigils and shit. About how humans can ascend... Yeah, beyond their mortal forms sure. and become God because aliens told him that during an abduction. <laughs> There's a lot going on. There's here. a lot. <laughs> yeah. You're going to dive into some of that. I'm right? going to get into right, it. Okay. I'm going to get into it, but I just want to give you an idea. Yeah, of I, I, I could understand. Yeah. If, if Mahomes got up and did that and was, I would be like, Oh my God, Mahomes is, that's what I'm saying. Somebody, somebody that you, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I am God. God. Exactly. So, yes, imagine that this is a dude who's at the top of his game being batshit crazy. (laughs) The Grant Morrison story. (laughs) The Grant Morrison story, exactly. So, Morrison was born in Glasgow, Scotland in 1960. So, he's as old as my parents. Yeah. yeah. By the time he was 17, he had already had his own comic book creations published. Oh, wow. By the time he was 17. And what I mean by that is he wasn't writing Spider-Man for Marvel. He created a character, wrote and drew it, and had it published do you, at 17. So he can write and draw. He can write and draw. What was, what was the character? Do you know? Hang on. I have it written He's 17. It's probably called the Masturbation Monster. It was basically it's Big Mouth was based on yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, is Gideon Stargrave interesting and, and are you familiar with that at all I have not read any of it because I, I I didn't know if it would be like widely available you know things. I don't think so and because it was like a Scottish thing it was written for uh, a near myths was the magazine mm-hmm. he wrote in issue two three and four and it was canceled before <laughs> issue five <laughs> was. Well. Gotcha. But but so this is probably something that's on eBay for like a million. I mean, probably. I really don't know. I don't know anything about Gideon Stargrave other than he kind of wrapped it into his other stuff, which again we'll get into. Um. So so this again, before he was seventeen, he got all this shit created, written, drawn, drawn, published. Not that this is an apples to apples comparison, but. Stan Lee's first comic works was writing for Captain America when he was 19. His first published co-creation was published later that same year. So Grant Morrison comparatively right. beat Stan Lee by almost two years. Yikes. Interesting. It's crazy. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's it's, it's absolutely insane. That's wild. Uh, so once uh, Near Myths folded, Morrison was obviously encouraged to go find more comics work. Um, he found a weekly strip job, not stripping, but nice. writing a comic strip. Made, made a lot of dollar bills there. Huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. For a, a local Glasgow newspaper uh, writing a character called Captain Clyde. Again, I have no idea what it's called, sure. what it's about, uh, but he kept writing sci-fi comics, creating characters for Starblazer, 
which is a, like an anthology book, mostly one-off stories. Uh, f- so f- from from here, this was 1978 is when he started. The, the, fast forward to the early 80s, and you'd think somebody who is is a comic book creator would mm-hmm. keep making comic books. Um, he did, but he thought his job was going to be playing and recording with his band. Wow, which that's a big pivot. <laughs> it's a big pivot. The, huh. co- the comic books thing was like a side gig for right. him. So he spent most of the early 80s recording and touring with his band, The Mixers. And I had you guys listen to a little bit of it uh, before we started recording. And I don't think it's... It's not terrible. No, it, it, it's very Beach Boys-y. You know, it's very, it's very interesting. I yeah. have written down here, kind of like if the Beach Boys were a punk band. Yes. And it was recorded, like you said, in the 80s. In the so 80s. It sounds very early, much... Early yeah. 80s. Interesting. Brian, do you have any thoughts on the, on the song? Yeah, it was fine. I mean, yeah. Yeah, it's very, yeah it's, it was fine. Uh, so the song we listened to, the only one that I could really find was it's called Never Find Time, yeah. and the band is the Mixers. So anyway, I thought that was really interesting that he, even though he was so successful at such an early age, he was like, nah, fuck that. I'm going to go, I'm going to go be a guitar player. <laughs> I mean, intelligent, talented people like that often, if they aren't getting challenged or whatever, they try to move on to something else. So yeah, but like, you already wrote and drew, created your own character. <laughs> was, that sounds sh- popular. Got yeah. a lot of creativeness to get out. He does. <laughs> uh, yeah. 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 Uh, so in 1982, uh, Morrison is, again, recording his band, but he submitted a proposal to DC for a crossover between New Gods and Justice League of America that DC did not pick up. But I desperately want to read it because a crossover between the New Gods <laughs> and Justice League of America sounds... Amazing. And it was called Second Coming. <laughs> yeah. It is. <laughs> uh, 85 is the year Morrison's career really blew up. He wrote for Warrior, um, which is a comic most people won't recognize, but it's the comic that launched V for Vendetta and Miracle Man. Oh, wow. Yeah. Which are two. And, and some of the talent they had on this book is absolutely insane. Alan Moore, Brian Boland, Dave Gibbons, Steve Dillon all wrote for Warrior. That's insane. It's super insane. <laughs> and again, it, it, this is 85. So Morrison is 25 years old and he's writing with Al, like literal, fucking Alan literal, Moore. literal <laughs> legends yeah. in the comic book community. Wow. Do you, while you were researching this, did you get any kind of uh, envy or what? Were you irritated by learning at his success? Yes. I, yes. I'm, I'm all, all of the feelings that you can have about another person. <laughs> I had. Ah, okay. Interesting. Interesting. Good to know. That's I can still see some of those feelings poking out of your pants. That's yeah. for like context, like in 85, Alan Moore and Dave Gibbons would do Watchmen a year yeah, later. Exactly. Like that's insane yeah. that Grant Morrison at 25 was just like, yeah. Yep. I'm working on the same, <laughs> on the same shit as Alan Moore. Uh, yeah. So 87 is the first, that, this is, the year it starts to really take off for him. Um, he wrote his first ongoing serial called Zenith in 2000 AD, which mm-hmm. is the magazine that features Judge Shredd. Right. Big move. Um, and, and Zenith is what caught the attention of DC. Mm-hmm. They give him his first big title, Animal Man. And if you guys aren't familiar with Animal Man... He, like a half man, half animal, I bet. Kind of. He turns into animals and, yeah. and uses their powers. Well, like Beast Boy. Yeah, sure, like Beast Boy, but a man. But he's older. Oh, my God. Yeah. 
Anyway. Animal Man looked intense. Animal Man is awesome. Um, anyway, the other big comic book that I think you guys will know is Grant Morrison's second project for DC was a little comic called Arkham Asylum, A Serious Health on Serious Earth. Yes. In 1986. Yes. Notable because the Arkham Asylum series of games was based on that. Now you're talking my language. There you go. <laughs> um, it featured a lot of like kind of the flip side of Frank Miller's Batman. Yes. Where it's still a deconstruction of the character and his villains, yes. but it's more of an emotional. It's very psychological. Uh, and yes. I, this is the first comic book that I read that I stole from my dad. <laughs> because no, I mean, he knows now. Oh, fuck. Dad, sorry, dad. I stole Arkham Asylum when I was like 12, you know? Yeah. So, but I, I remember reading this and being like, it's terrifying because yeah. the images in it, like the stuff by Dave McKean, I think his mm-hmm. name is, is so fucking good. Because you dive into like how Batman sees these people, like mm-hmm. it is nuts, and I love this comic book so much. And and there's a lot right, of I look like, at this Joker. Yeah, there's a lot That's of not like funny at all. Haha. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 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 there's a lot of like latent sexual tension between Batman and the Joker. There's mm-hmm. a lot of like the the villains being broken down into what makes them tick, and kind of like after they've been in the asylum and they've really gone crazy. Anyway, again, this is 86. He's 26 years old, and he's written, like, basically the most successful DC comic to date. Yeah, Arkham Asylum. I mean, just this comic is so influential for a, a lot of, like, like psychological comic books. Like, it, it's insane. Yeah, and any deconstruction of a superhero comic is going to pull from, like, this and Dark Knight Returns and Watchmen are, like, right. the three. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, where was I? After the success of Animal Man Arkham Asylum, his, he just blew up from there. So some of his other highlights include New X-Men, Doom Patrol, 52, Final Crisis, Flash, all of our st- All-Star Superman, The Invisibles, The Filth, and a decade-long run on Batman. <laughs> Can't be stated enough. This man wrote Batman for a decade. A decade across multiple <laughs> titles. You know, Batman Incorporated, uh, Batman and Robin, where... Uh, Dick Grayson took over as Batman and Damian Wayne was Robin, which was easily my favorite Batman stuff. Yeah, it's anyway. really, really great. Okay, so what's the point? Who cares? The guy's a really good comic <laughs> writer, and he's maybe a little crazy. Was that, was that, you want me to say that line? No. Nope. Oh, okay. I mean, you can. Okay, no, no, I know fine. you're. I know you're thinking Who cares? It. He wrote some of those yeah, yeah, yeah. Comic, books, comic books ever. Oh, this guy wrote some comic books. Why should I find him interesting? All-Star Superman, the best Superman story ever told? Fuck him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He really just gets Superman. He does, dude. Cater to me. I don't understand what you're talking about with your fancy comic I books. Would, I, j- yeah. No jokes. All-Star Superman, 100% read it because that dives into the core of Superman and what who he is. And it's, it's I, I think, Grant Morrison, like him nailing that is incredible. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah. Uh, There's he, even a movie, I think, on Netflix. I think animated movies on Netflix. There is. I think. And as a side note, Grant Morrison helped launch Frank Quitely, the artist, because they were like grew up together, basically. Right. Anyway, um, okay. So again, Brian. Well, who- this man just sounds like a comic book writer. Why should I care about him? <laughs> okay, so what makes it so interesting, and why I think you should care, yeah. is that Morrison is a practicing chaos magician. He comes <gasps> a lot. Is that the one that comes a lot? 
Can, yeah, we're gonna, gonna talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> so not a yes, not a no. What? <laughs> so the the whole the basis of chaos magic is is summed up really succinctly and well, I think. I'm not going to say that I'm a chaos magician. I'm not going to say that I know a lot about chaos magic. Vargas is coming. Uh, <laughs> there's a lot of chaos magic all over my room. <laughs> but I was I was watching an episode of Doom Patrol, the the DC, which again, based on Grant Morrison work. Right. That that kind of they had a character in there that really summarized chaos magic really well. Um, in the episode, a member of the team has to time travel back because he's he's kind of he's omniscient. Sure. So he goes back in time and he has another member of the team back in time create a cult <laughs> surrounding a made-up deity that they came up with mm-hmm. called the Recreator. Interesting. And the cult's belief in the Recreator created the Recreator right. in the future. Right. And they needed to do that because they had a D creator that they were fighting. So the the way that they <laughs> My nose is bleeding. My head hurts a lot. <laughs> is w- this Aleister Crowley stuff? Like what's Yeah. That's that's awesome. That's, again, this is all chaos magic. Right. The whole idea is the left hand and everything. Oh the my whole God. idea is the more you believe oh. in something Brian's tapping out. <laughs> the more real it becomes. Right, right. So you have a character go back in time, recruit all of these people to come on board, get them to believe in this deity wholeheartedly, right? And then it's real. Have so I, I gotta ask real quick. I've been texting you guys for months to believe that Gina Carano will right. come to Kansas. Have you been believing every every day, dude? I, I'm trying to create a Gina Carano for you. No, that's no. We're <laughs> our two chaoses are against each other. That will not work. <laughs> that's true. They cancel each other out. Ki. <laughs> so again, chaos magic in a nutshell is the idea that reality is only what you perceive, and the harder you believe in something, the more real it becomes. Right. The, the Morrison quote that I want to put in here is life plus significance equals magic. So so the more significance you put on something, Gina Carano, Gina Carano, yep. the more real she will become for you. For the rest of the podcast, if you all the listeners, if you just hear the word Gina Carano, repeat it just random, and think about me. And then that sh- that should be chaos. That should do it. That'll and chaos that, it. That'll chaos it right to where it needs to be. Let's Kansas do it. City. Okay. Let's do it. Thank you. So what I don't want to say is that Grant Morrison's ego is responsible for his success, what? but it certainly reasons <laughs> to me to think that someone who, before they were thirty, right, was a successful comic book writer and musician tour. Yeah. They toured, they put out vinyls. Yeah. They, and he would start to think that he's pretty unstoppable. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, I'm not saying, I mean, <laughs> it's just, it's either the world's biggest coincidence or sometimes success, brings you know, success because like, when, yeah. did, when did, so you said he started with DC. Yeah. What year did like, he put out like, what was his first big, like DC 
run that like blew, Anim- Animal Man. And was, when did that blow up? Like early '85. Interesting. And then I think Arkham Asylum was '86. '86. Arkham Asylum. And Arkham Asylum <laughs> was the thing that like yeah, that was the bomb for his career. Yeah. Interesting. And then it, wow, when did he start writing Doom Patrol and stuff like that? Was that like early '90s or like 2000? I, I want to say Doom Patrol started in either late '88 or early '89. Oh wow. Okay. Jesus that's what I'm saying, Christ. man. As soon as this dude's cause, like, because Arkham is insane. Arkham Asylum was it was it's a, it was a graphic novel. Yes, it's it was a, not it's released as thing, single it's its own issues, thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. and it was the most successful DC graphic novel to date up right. to that point. And it was his second thing that he wrote for the company. Right. <laughs> I mean, think about that. Like, his that's chaos, insanity. His, his chaos magic is strong. Yeah. Okay. So, so the other important thing that we need to talk about with chaos magic is Mm -hmm. sigils do you guys know what a sigil is gina carano now every see that's the perfect practice everybody better be associating that gina carano is not a sigil a sigil is an object a a sigil is a representation of an idea so what what you so brian's pillow in the corner of the studio no no i have a closet (laughs) (laughs) so i found a video of Grant Morrison creating a sigil. And he teaches you how to create a sigil. And we're going to watch it while you listen in silence. <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So do you guys, guys want to learn how to create a sigil? Yeah, tell, uh, yes, yes. The answer is oh, yes. I, mean, I wrote down here, too bad. <laughs> Damn. That sounds super weird. Damn it. I'm one for two, though, on predicting your responses. <laughs> yeah. Okay, all you have to do, here's, here's the steps. Write okay. down what you want. So the example would be Gina date Car- Gina Carano. Mary. <laughs> Gotta lock it up. Mary. You wanna lock it up? Mary Gina Carano. Thank you. Then you cross you write that sentence down. It's written down. It's written down a places. in a lot of places. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You cross out the the vowels. Ma- What's a vowel? M R R sometimes Y. Yeah. Uh, A E I O and U and sometimes Y, depending on the yeah. context. Cross it. Of everything, okay. Yeah, you just okay. like you just like cross them out. Consonants only. Yeah, if you can picture it, you take the consonants and you combine them into one image. Right. So you guys have all seen the the G N R the circle C. with all the crazy oh, like. Yeah, right? sure. You oh. you make that out of the consonants of your sentence. Yeah. Oh. Right. Okay. Yeah. It okay. looks like it basically almost looks like a target. Yeah, and you just put the you, like you, the, those you make co- a, yeah. you make a design out of the consonants of your sentence. Okay, and that's a sigil. You've created a sigil. Okay, so it's, it's easy enough. That feels like step one, though. <laughs> now you have to charge the sigil. Yeah, yeah. Now, now we're talking my language. Yeah, uh-huh. and again, based on Morrison's quote, yeah, life plus significance equals magic. You have to. Charge the sigil by giving it significance. You have to see that sigil, make it real in your head, and it will become real in real life. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Right. I know. So here's here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna we're gonna talk. Get 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 your pants off and go get your go get your journal. (laughs) We're gonna talk about the invisibles, and I know this sounds like kind of a. the Invisibles. Okay. Which was a comic book that Morrison wrote from 1994 of to course, 2000. Of course. 
We're all familiar. Yeah, Any regular listener of last podcast on the left is going to be at least familiar with the title. They talk about it all the fucking time. I was going to say something like, I was like, I don't, I don't know that comic book at all, yeah. but for some reason that like wording, I was like, what? Why does it sound so familiar? Our sponsors, by the way. Uh, last podcast, yeah, last, podcast, last podcast, podcast on the Praise they, me. They talk about it all the time. Hell Satan, Hell Gein. Hail yourself. Nice. Uh, well, the, the Invisibles is a comic book. It's about a team who's trying to defeat the Archons of the Outer Church, uh, space aliens who have already enslaved most of humanity without our knowledge, of course. I mean, how else would they enslave us? Yeah, talking about pretty standard. Life right pretty now. standard. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Morrison created the Invisibles to be a hyper sigil, which is a sigil made out of sigils. He created a comic book mm-hmm. for the purpose of being a mass, like a sigil, like a massive sigil. Mm-hmm. So he is using his power to just fuel his own, right? The purpose of the hyper sigil that is the Invisibles. Yes, the comic book was was to propel culture, human culture, to a more positive place. Okay. So the intention is good. Oh, oh I see what you're saying. Okay, yeah. So the intention, right? he put this thing out as a sigil to be like, everything is going to be more positive and We're, good. I'm going to propel society yes. in a more positive direction. And culture, as we know, the road to heaven is paved with good intentions, right? Correct. Yeah. So, again, Invisibles is a comic book right. created to be a hyper sigil. Which is a, a sigil, sigil made, made of sigils. More consonants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm yeah so there's a whole book, nothing but consonants, just like. <laughs> Very hard to read. And, and I think a lot of people would say, again, because the intention was not to bring society to a better place, it Mankind. was to bring. It was to bring culture, culture to a more positive place. And I think a lot of people would say that it worked because The Invisibles is so influential. To so many things, right? Really? Oh my god, dude! So, n- not even mentioning the last podcast on the left, right. they talk about it every other episode. Um, the the big one is the Matrix. You guys know the Matrix, oh, the nineteen ninety nine movie. I'm, fami- starring- I'm familiar. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a lot of people have said it is like just a blatant ripoff of the Invisibles. Interesting. That picture you pulled up of Grant Morrison, he is Neo. Neo right, is right. based on King Mob who is a self-insertion of Grant Morrison into his comic book. I mean, there's, there are article after article after article about right, right. how the Matrix ripped off of the Invisibles. And Morrison himself has said, I was angry when I saw the Matrix the first time because it, it took so many of my ideas and my visuals. But eventually he was like, whatever, Matrix is a great movie. My thing worked. <laughs> I guess, yeah, you can't be mad if you I, turn it around and say you're the reason. Yeah. I was going to say, this thing, one way or another, created and propelled like, the Matrix and like... Yeah. Huh. And as, huh. again, a, a one small thing that the Invisibles did was <laughs> create the uh, yeah. Matrix. <laughs> okay? So again, did the hypersigil work? You, definitively, yes. Yeah, I'll, sure. Why not? Maybe yeah. it did. Maybe it didn't. <laughs> Depends on how you view it. But, hey, Vargas, what's up? Hey, buddy. Um, do you remember when you said you were dead inside? Yeah, of course. Uh, yeah, all right. What, uh, what did you mean? Oh, exactly what I said. But I've been crossing the street without looking both ways because at least when I feel fear, I'm feeling something. Uh... And I ordered some shirts from Hope Clothing KC, so I look great when I do it. Excuse me? 
Those shirts from HopeClothingKC.com, the ones designed by local Kansas City tattoo artists and that benefit Rosebrooks and Greenworks KC. Yeah, everyone knows that. But what was the other part? Oh, yeah, yeah. So everybody honks and screams at me, so I just scream back, HopeClothingKC.com, since they clearly don't know where I get my threads at. Right. That's the end of that bit, I guess. Uh, visit HopeClothingKC.com and enter promo code DEBATE10 to save an additional 10% on your whole order. Again, that's HopeClothingKC.com, DEBATE10 at checkout. Do we need to call somebody or... Going back to charging the sigil. During the first volume of the of the the, the comic, it, it sold really well. But it took kind of a sharp decline midway through the run, and it was in danger of being canceled. Uh, so here's where Grant Morrison needed the power of chaos magic. And he asked the readers of The Invisibles to participate in a wankathon. Told you. It's all about coming, man. <laughs> to prevent the book from being canceled. It, and what he wanted fans to do, if it wasn't clear, is to all masturbate at the same time while thinking about the Invisibles and how much they enjoy it in an effort to keep the book from being canceled. What would actually happen is the 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 same explosion would actually propel Earth just a little faster that right, day. Right. It would throw off the decision makers. True. And make them make the other decision. How did he coordinate this? Was in, it like in the letters column? Facts or beeper or no in the letters this column? This is like the nineties, right? Like yeah. yeah. Could you he imagine said, trying to coordinate this? He said, Y'all jerk off at <laughs> whatever time. Sixteen hundred. Yeah. Sixteen hundred. That's what he did. Eastern Standard Time. That's what he did. No shit. Yeah. That's literally what he said yes. to do. Chaos magic. Now ask me if the book was canceled. Was it wasn't. <laughs> Again. Great Morrison's on to something. Did it work? I'm not saying it worked, <laughs> but it worked. So how much? How much longer at, from this point oh. did it did it go on? Two more. Two more volumes. Come? No shit. So it so, ran. It ran for like sixty or seventy issues. Yeah, it ran for like. a while. Yeah, and this was during hmm. the first volume. So like twenty issues in or something was the slump. Everyone listening to this right now <laughs> on Friday, the uh, no, whatever this day is, at one o'clock, masturbate. <laughs> why, why would you pick in the middle of the day? What? Oh, you mean people are off? People are not doing anything. Uh, you're at work. I, well, and don't you know. don't tell people to do that while thinking about us. Do it, not do that. About do the it. podcast, which we're on, and your boys. Oh, think about me. I don't care. <laughs> think about Brian and Gina Carano. Yes. You want to cut all full Yes. <laughs> okay. Fine. Four thirty. <laughs> Happy hour. <laughs> no man. Six thirty a.m. 6.30, you're a morning guy? This is a whole conversation <laughs> we're getting into. That's what my and another talk will be focused on. I'm just just saying, get it out of the way. That's true. You're not wrong. <laughs> you don't want to dwell on it all day. I mean, it, it, chaos magic is a big deal. You're not wrong. So it did work. It's worked twice now. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Volume. That's, That's what nuts. I'm saying. It's, it's, again, either the world's biggest coincidence. Right. Coincidence? <laughs> it's pretty nuts, right? Yeah. There were nuts involved. And again, this is like in the 90s, right? Like, Yeah. 94 was when The Invisible started. So call it 95. Interesting. Whatever. Hmm. Anyway, the next big what the fuck moment. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> also comes from The Invisibles. <laughs> 
you guys remember the story I told at the top yeah, where yeah, yeah. Grant Morrison had the big speech about how humankind can become a god because aliens told him. And he was abducted, abducted right? Yeah. So the Invisibles is Morrison's way of communicating that idea to mankind. That was why he wrote the book. Sure. That's the plot of oh. the Invisibles. Uh, oh. Okay. <laughs> Are you with me? Yes. <laughs> So what did the aliens actually tell him? It's very complicated. <laughs> I know. Most, most time alien aliens tell you things are complicated. Yeah. So here's the, here's the whole history. Uh-huh. Morrison set out with his friends to reenact or retrace the Buddha's steps. I guess the Buddha went on a journey sure, 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 sure. through Tibet and China and yeah. whatever. So they decided to kind of pack up their bags and go to Kathmandu. Which mm-hmm. is not just a cool song. No, Cat Man Don't. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> dog Man Do. Dog, dog Man Don't. <laughs> so, on their last day in Kathmandu, uh, Morrison said he had his abduction or journey. Those are the two words he uses. Interesting. It was either an alien abduction or a shamanistic journey. So either way, things were consumed. I, I, so either way, he was <laughs> abducted or drugs were had. High as fuck. He admits, he says, I was using hashish. Uh, he also says, right. I've used hashish almost every day of my life. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I've used acid and mushrooms and all this stuff. I'm and, surprised he wasn't ab- abducted before this. And he, But that's the thing. He says he was, he was used to... Hashish. This was not a first time thing for him. Oh, uh, yes. Okay. Gotcha. He also has since, had since, whatever, I don't know the tense, experienced an acid trip and a peyote trip. Sure, sure, sure. So he's just getting it. That's not what caused this. It's not. Or it it wasn't the same thing. Not at all is what he's definitively saying. This was not anything I have experienced before or since. And it was not the hashish that induced this interesting yeah okay definitively i want to get that out of the way so so here's how in his own words he described what happened to his person Mm -hmm. or his consciousness gotcha i was taken out of my body peeled off the surface of the four-dimensional universe of space-time and taken somewhere else i found myself in a huge azure blue vault that felt infinite and enclosed at the same time, like a vaulted cathedral inhabited by quicksilver blobs of intelligence. Somehow I was one of them, or at least I was part of a gestalt of minds that represented one of them. (laughs) A, you can tell he's a writer. (laughs) Yeah, colorful. Very colorful description. B... He didn't really say anything. I could definitely just see someone saying that after they took a bunch of acid and went to the bathroom. <laughs> but first of all, he wasn't on acid. Whatever. He was on his sheesh. Whatever. Sheesh. Good. Okay. Is there more? Yeah. It's that's this, this, that's what happened to that. That is right. What, this is the and, became a blob and again, of intelligence. This kind of sounds like one of those like psychic physical phenomena type things. So. The entities. This reminds me a lot of the uh, Adrian affair type of thing, mm-hmm. where she went on like that same type of weird mm-hmm. 
a journey or a trip. Let's get into it. So the entities explained to Morrison that he was in a higher mathematical space where time and space were simply directions, like up and down, left and right, right. are to us. Uh-huh. Take a left at time, you'll reach yeah. space. Once you're there, <laughs> you hang, a, go, hang a Ralph. You want to go up, and that'll then... Get you, that'll get you into the... <laughs> yeah, so Morrison says while he was there, he could see all of time and space. He could see from the Big Bang to the end of the universe, and they were all happening in the same moment. Right. He says he says specifically he saw Shakespeare writing his works with the dinosaurs. So they were alive at the same time. <laughs> I knew it. I mean, you're, I mean, all earth, your conspiracy websites yeah, are right, Brian. I told the you. Earth is only like two thousand years old. Yeah. So I mean, <laughs> shit has to bump up against each other at some point. <laughs> uh, Morrison says that the entities explained to him that space and time, as we know it here on Earth, mm-hmm. are like a planter box for a plant, like a, like on a windowsill. And a universe is planted inside those constraints so that it can grow and mature until it is eventually released to become part of this greater intelligence beyond space and time. I think our planet needs some weed killer right now, then, if that's what's going on. <laughs> We gotta pull some. Yeah, we gotta get yeah, out. Of here. We're not ready to mature. Wow, that that's such an interesting way of putting that. Like, right. wow, holy shit! And he said, one one of the things he described was was like a terrarium. Yeah, that's our universe. Our universe is in this terrarium. It mm-hmm. is planted in time, right? So that eventually it will mature and grow, and mm-hmm. then it can be released. And that's what these entities do. They plant universes. And help them grow and mature. Is that deep enough for you guys? <laughs> a lot to think about. So there's a specific comic book that Morrison wrote that I think is a good way of thinking about this in, in a way that we can experience and understand. Sure. Uh, it's a series called Multiversity. And the whole idea was it, it takes place in the DC multiverse. And each issue is kind of a snapshot, a one-off issue of a different universe in the DC multiverse. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So the way you can experience it is you read each comic, and if you can picture those characters as this comic happening to them, it's got real stakes, it means something, they are doing something in their universe. It has weight, but we as readers can lay all that shit out right on the floor and experience it all at once. I see what you're saying. Right? It is a two-dimensional representation of us, of whatever is happening in there, and we in our third dimension can experience it across time. Same thing with these other dimensional deities that, that Morrison is talking about. They see time as we see a comic book. They can open up whatever page they want, whatever issue they want, and read it. Right, and just jump into whatever story yeah. they want to. This is going to give me a real goddamn existential crisis. Dude, <laughs> this is why I had such a hard time writing this fucking episode. <laughs> How many times did you break down and cry? Dude. Out of just sheer panic. Yeah. So, are we all, we all get it? We understand? 
Yeah. Yes, I mean nothing. The world is <laughs> insignificant. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm there. I'm with you. That's all I had. That's, that's, <laughs> that's, it. that's it. We're that's done here. That's, the end of the show. that's what Morrison is trying to get to us. Eventually, we will get the universe. We as a... And that's when he said we will become gods. Exactly. The universe will ascend beyond space and time. Right. And we... The, the, the royal we of our, everything in our universe will become untethered. And we will become... Unbound. The superheroes that he writes about in his comic books. Holy shit. I'm excited for that. I want to be Animal Man. Do we know when that's going to happen? Or? Yeah, they give it a hard date? He did not give a timetable. <sighs> God but damn it. The Mayans were wrong. They tried. Actually, you know, some people say <laughs> that they got it, They mixed it up, and now it's happening next week or something like that. I think during this episode won't even come out because of it's going to happen. Wait. Perfect. What, it was supposed to happen in 2012? That was wrong. That was wrong. But so now they're saying supposedly it's supposed to the mind the mind calendar thing was wrong, and now the 2012 actually means 2020, and it's you know it's going to happen next week. So before this comes out, who even knows that we're actually going to be able to listen to this? The world the world's going to end. So. Well, so everybody better be saying Gina Carano. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking about me hard. Snap cut to Gina waking up in her. Brian Lay. I need to find I need to find Brian Lay. Kansas City, Missouri. That's all I got. So, all of this is... It's very weird. It's very strange. <laughs> no, it's pretty normal, really. But I, I want to I give one more just little... It's weird, but it <laughs> might be true. Sure, okay? sure. So, going back to All-Star Superman. Yeah. Brennan has said it, it. he gets to the heart of what Superman is. Correct. There is a panel in All-Star Superman 10, a page where Superman prevents a little goth girl yes. from committing suicide. And all he does, all Superman does, is just be there for her. Right. He says, uh, things aren't always as bad as they seem. Trust me. Right, because they lead up to it. Right. And it's this whole thing showing how her like mother is like blah, 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 like going through her life. Yeah. Then as she's about to step off the ledge, Superman is just suddenly there. Yep. And, and, and yeah, that's such a powerful he, He's just yeah. flying there. He's, he says, I'm not going to stop you. Yeah. But I'm, I'm here. Right. You know, the things are not always as bad as they seem. Right. It's super powerful. Great imagery. It gets to the heart of what makes Superman Superman. It's not always about saving the world. Sometimes it's about saving right. a single person. Right. And... Grant Morrison has said that he's had tons of fans come up to him and say, this has helped me so much. Thank you so much. You really get it. You understand. You're not trying to tell me how to feel. Yes. You're trying to tell me, you're trying to help me feel better. And he said specifically, there have been a lot of fans that have said, this stopped me from killing myself. Mm -hmm. So you did cry a lot during research. Yeah, yeah. obviously. I yeah. cry a lot all the time. <laughs> yeah. That, that panel and series in the, is, is incredible. Because yeah. like it shows like, the juxtaposition of this girl going through her stuff, then Superman saving the world due to the other stuff, and then suddenly Superman can take five seconds out of his day, right, just to be with this girl at the hardest a part of her life. A single person, yeah, it's yeah, phenomenal. But so Grant Morrison writes a comic book. It's a comic book about mm -hmm. Superman. It's silly, sure, but that comic book stopped someone from killing themselves. Yeah, even even if it even if it was one person, one dude. That's yeah. chaos magic, right yeah. there. That's that's the heart of what Grant Morrison is all about. Sounds like organized magic to me. Oh, my phone talked. It said it didn't understand. Chaos magic. Chaos magic's happening right now. Was it calling Gina Carano? <laughs>
if only. <laughs> so that's it. That's Grant Morrison's beliefs in a nutshell. Holy shit. And what is he doing now? Um, his big project, he's currently writing Green Lantern for DC. Wow. Which, if you know anything about Green Lantern, it's pretty bananas. He's a space policeman. That's the whole... That sounds right up Grant Morrison's alley. Yep. <laughs> it's... His partner is a uh, a volcano. Like, it's, a, it's a man's body with a volcano for a head. What? Yeah. Is like work partner or like his... Yeah, no, his buddy cop. Uh, his that's strange. Buddy cop. <laughs> his buddy cop. So, okay. Do you... Be- and uh, We can close it out here soon. During this research, did yeah. you believe in chaos magic before you started this? I mean, I believe... Or a form of chaos magic. Yeah. Right? Because some people just say it's the power of happy thoughts and belief, right? It, it, you have to will things into existence. They don't refer to it as chaos magic. Right. Because there's less sigils, I guess. <laughs> well, I, but again, like, the, the it gets back to that quote. The heart of it is life plus significance is magic. However much significance you place on something, be it God or coincidence right. or luck, whatever word you want to use, that is chaos magic. That's right. what makes stuff happen. So vision boards aren't stupid and people should make them. If that works for you, but that's, again, that's a whole thing with chaos magic. Whatever works for you, do it. That is the that is the idea. Yeah. Right. So... Yeah, I, I mean, to an extent. So, so one of the, the big things we learned in in school, uh, uh, taking media studies classes, is the idea that perception is reality. You can't tell somebody how to feel. Sure. Even though, so if I say, Brendan, you look really great today. He does. Thanks. I mean, he does. Yes, but if he <laughs> interpreted that as like, oh, did Vargas mean that? Like, I, I actually right. look shitty. Was he, was he being sarcastic? Was he being this way? Right. My intention doesn't matter. Right. Because it's all about how you feel. That is your reality. Mm-hmm. My reality is that you look amazing. Right. And I would love to look like you and be you. Thank you. <laughs> be inside you. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, that, that stuff, that's the yeah. chaos magic, I think, that Grant Morrison is trying to get across. Make it so, number two. <laughs> I get behind that. Wow. Good lords. So that was the story of Grant Morrison. <laughs> that's, that's Grant Morrison's uh, philosophy in a nutshell. I appreciate you bringing that to us. Yeah. I know Brennan was familiar with his works, but yeah, not his. Yeah, but not Grant Morrison the person. <laughs> so I do want to give some recommended reading because, yeah. again, he's a comic book writer. Y- you got to read his stuff. It's absolutely bananas. Super Gods is super, super interesting. It's I know. Super. Super. If... If you're into like the whole metafiction and analysis of superhero comics, super interesting. Um, New X Men is probably top two of my X Men reading list. Um, his stuff with Frank Quitely on that is how do you spell that last? Are you saying Quitely? Are you Quitely? Quitely. It's, it's like a He's an inversion of quite frankly. Yeah, it's yeah. Frank Quitely. Frank Quitely. <laughs> Uh, obviously, All Star Superman is the thing to read for Superman. Um, Arkham Asylum, clearly, and then his Batman and Robin is the best Batman and Robin. Right, and I'm pretty positive there are collections of those, like in mm-hmm. graphic novel form and stuff like that. You so. can read the whole ten year Batman saga where 
Batman's mind is wiped out, but he has created subconsciously an alternate personality called the Batman of Zuren Arg, mm-hmm. where which happened at the end of like final that at the at, end of final, final crisis, crisis, right? Yeah. When when Bruce Wayne dies, yes. but his body doesn't die because the backup personality like, takes yeah. over, mm-hmm. and he travels back in time all the way to the beginning of creation and has to work yes. his way through different Bat personality. Yeah, this is what I'm saying. This man. is the end of like a giant. <laughs> Like DC final like final yeah. crisis like final crisis is incredible. I remember reading the end of it and going like, "What? Huh? Yeah." Morrison <laughs> wrote Final Crisis. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> all I have to say is Gina Carano. <laughs> yeah. Do you feel overwhelmed yet? Yeah. Uh, my nose won't stop bleeding. Yeah. When I sat down to write this, I didn't think it was gonna be this. I thought it was gonna be like, "Look at this nut job said aliens abducted him." <laughs> He's got a lot of good ideas. Yeah. No matter how he wants to present him, he's got a lot of good ideas. Yeah, super interesting guy. So there's Grant Morrison as presented by Vargas and the debates on tap. Boys, boys, we appreciate it, man. That was man, uh, that's pretty fascinating. <laughs> you can uh, find a lot of his work on Amazon, but... That, well, I mean, there's many places you can find it. Amazon probably shouldn't be your first choice to no, find su- comics. Support your local comic book shop. Find local comic book shops. Name one. Uh, I go to Clint's here in town. Oh, Clint. Um, I know Clint. I, go to, I mean, you go to the back of your truck. Yeah. Pick yeah. Out some it's comic not books. so much a comic shop. It's a van. Yeah. <laughs> there's two locations of Bebop <laughs> comics, one on the north, one on the south mm-hmm. side. Mm-hmm. There's a pl- I can't remember the name of the place in Kansas I went because I only went there one time. That's okay, man. Shit. Yep. You're not expected to remember it. Clint's and Bebop, if there you're you in go. Kansas City. Plugging our, our favorite comic book shops. Uh, thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed it. We hope you practiced some chaos magic, particularly with myself and Gina Carano. Don't you forget. <laughs> keep thinking hard <laughs> and keep thinking often. Uh, find us anywhere you listen to podcasts. We're there. Subscribe. Tell a friend. You can email us at debatesonfans at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at Debates on Tap. Find us on Instagram, Debates on Pictures. Find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Debates on Tap. Other than that, thanks for, I mean, thanks for joining us. This was And Another Talk 3, third one. Mm -hmm. Uh, We'll have more, uh, more specials and more things coming up. Keep an eye out for it. Otherwise, stay safe. We love you. Well, we don't love Nazis. Don't love Nazis. Hard stance. Bye.